0: Today's Real Talk, Justin Gazepas, the show where we talk about all things North Carolina real estate, business, and life. I have the honor and privilege of being joined right now by probably one of the most thought leaders there are in real estate, Mr. Bill Gallagher.
1: Thank you, Justin. How you doing today? I appreciate that. Doing great. It's good to see All you in your Monday pink polo afternoon. looking good today. Well, you know, you say, come to Lake Norman. Let's dress the park. That's you know, right. pink. You're wearing pink, thing too. too. We, so didn't we didn't even plan that. We didn't it. even plan look it. Look at your Lake Norman blue and white. Thank okay. You. That's I a nautical look.
0: It. So what was it like driving up from Charlotte to Lake Norman today?
1: Guess where I... Uh, Started Ballantine. Okay. Four eighty five. And there was a car broken down in the right lane. Oh my gosh. Basically bottom line in the Providence Road area. So it backed traffic up and we were installed. We finally got past the one car in the right lane that we all had to get around, even tractor trailer trucks. So thank goodness I got toward seventy-seven and then I knew to get in the express lane. That's right. And the only issue I had is where is the uh, entry to the express mm. lane, and where is the exit to the express lane? And I didn't realize that if you exit Catawba, you got to go across into those busy lanes, three lanes, are, three lanes that are backed up. Yes, they are. And so the Divergent Diamond I've heard about for years. Now I know the Divergent Diamond. What do you think did, of it? Did you like it? Let me ask you. Why do you have a Divergent Diamond? Did you got to ask D.O.T. It? that. We got to go to Raleigh. Y'all want that in Cornelius? The Divergent Diamond. That's all Raleigh. Oh, my. There's multiple popping up. Uh,
0: 23 and Huntersville. Exit 23 on seventy-sevens. is getting it. And then now Statesville has one as well off of I-40. What about exit 2500? Ooh, 25, Huntersville? Ooh, twenty five seventy three is a uh, backlogged right now. You know, they, right. that's supposed to have been widened, I think, 15 years ago, but they're still working on that one. So, wow. Yeah. What's the reason for the delay? You tell me, Bill, the leadership in Raleigh right now and certain decisions being made. I think everyone got hit with COVID, right? And, and so in that moment, the municipalities in the state made a decision and they decided not to go through with certain projects, wondering about budget. But now it's going to cost way more.
1: Well, also, y'all deserve it. You think about how many people live in this area from Huntersville to Cornelius to Davidson to Mooresville. Y'all, there are a ton of people, as you know, y'all pay a ton of tax money to Raleigh. You pay the gas tax. You pay North Carolina state income tax. Y'all deserve the money to build the roads. Who can speak up and speak out on this? Gallagher twenty
0: twenty four. That's wow, what I'm, bo- I'm voting for that. that. Yeah. I don't know about that.
1: You got to find somebody that knows Joe to go. Is that is, great.
0: is that your next move? Now you've taken over the real estate world. You've been teaching for decades. You've been dominating. You've been an expert. Now are you taking it to Raleigh anytime soon or what?
1: Don't think so. Just gonna stick around Charlotte a little bit. I love Charlotte. Love Lake Norman. Always have. Yeah. See, I started selling in 1983 when the rates were 18 to 20 percent. I started selling real estate when exit 25 did not even exist. How many of your viewers or listeners know when exit 25 did not even exist? Burkdale did not exist. Cow Ca- Farm. That's all it was. And yeah. I remember when they were having the lottery for the lot to the peninsula, we had to go to the basically the days in at exit 28 to have the lottery to draw a, a number to even get a lot at the peninsula. Now, that did was you put your name, time. Did
0: you put your name in the half of See, that? See,
1: I was a real estate agent. Basically, no salary, no income, really, no insurance, no benefits, no paycheck every two weeks mm-hmm. as an independent contractor. So there was no way I could afford it, yeah. but I could afford the gas to get to Lake Norman and see the day's Inn, which is now demolished, yeah. exit 28, where everybody and their brother and cousin were warning a lot at the peninsula. How do you viewers and listeners remember that? No mm-hmm. peninsula at all. No sale view at all. No 100 Norman Place at all. It was all brand new. And thank goodness, with George Whiteman as my broker and builder,
2: mm. really
1: helped us develop Lookout Point here in mm. Lake Norman. Oh, yeah. 100 Norman Place. And so, therefore, that was a blessing. So, Lake Norman, y'all got great property. You got a great market. You are blessed. So, keep that in mind because your property has always been very saleable. Mm. Location, location, location. And just I even hear this. People work in Winston and live in Mooresville. Really? They say, we will work in Winston, we'll live in Mooresville, because it's shorter time to get home from Winston to Mooresville as it is Mooresville to Ballantyne or south on Seven. So think about that geographic, everybody. Winston is really your market, and those people say if they're going to spend X dollars on a home, like a mansion in Winston, Basically, bottom line, near Country Club, Mm -hmm. why not spend the money on the water at Lake Norman Mm -hmm. and enjoy the sunsets, enjoy the market? By the way, keep that in mind, everybody. Winston to Lake Norman is not a what? Far piece. Hickory to Lake Norman is not a far piece. Are y'all with me? So really, your market is opening up to other towns and cities. Not south. No. Not south, but what? North, 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 east, and west. East and west. And that's a great opportunity for y'all, which uh, sees the day. Yeah. It sees the day. Why not? Because you've got some great property and some great people, too. So that's cool. When, what year were you licensed as a broker? I was licensed in... as an
0: agent. Because it was an agent back then, right? It wasn't a broker. Is well, that
1: how it worked? Well, basically, they said agent, but they still gave us a broker's license. They did. So that's kind of interesting vocabulary. But it was 1983, fall of 83. 1983. And I was right out of Wake Forest... I was graduated three years, so I was like twenty-one years old, real young. And I will tell you, everybody asked me when I went on a listing appointment or was talking to a buyer about buying real estate, they would immediately say to me, How old are you? How old are you? Justin, did they ever ask you how old you were as a lawyer? Oh yes. Tell us about it as a brand new lawyer. Well,
0: you know, age is a factor for people when they think about experience, right? They wonder, okay, do you have the skill? Do you have the knowledge? Do you have the tenacity in this type of market to help represent us? And so it's certainly a question that I would get from time to time, even to this day, for sure.
1: And by the way, you and I both know it's not what you say, it's how you say it, especially at Lake Norman. Yes, sir. You have got to be very sweet and Southern, and low-key, and not offend, and don't be sarcastic. And Bill Mathers, my first broker in charge, taught me with that question about how old are you? Mm. I would say I'm 21 years old, and I really have the energy and enthusiasm to get you the best possible price in the shortest period of time Mm. with the least inconvenience to you is my commitment to you. How does that sound to you? It sounds phenomenal. Well, thank you, Bill Mathers. It's not what you say, it's how you... Say it. it. The other question I got too, which was very interesting, was how many listings do you currently have? How many listings do you currently Mm -hmm. have at this time? And I was trying to say, well, you know what? All mine has sold, so therefore I'm listless. So therefore, since I am listless, I can devote 100% of my time and attention to you and your property to get you the highest possible price, the shortest period of time, least inconvenience to you. Now, Justin, how do you think every seller wants to hear that? I think every seller wants their house to sell for top dollar very quickly. So uh, guess what? It goes back to it's not what you say. It's how you say it. But don't you agree even with a lawyer out of law school when you were basically trying to get somebody's business, they still gave you some objections or oh, yeah. they want to think about it. They wanted to talk to a relative. Did you get that as a young lawyer right out of law school?
0: All the time people would ask me. and And so really, if we back up. I got started as an attorney and I owe a lot of the success of my firm, which I subsequently sold to you because in the spring of 2016, I came to you and I said, Hey, Mr. Gallagher, my name's Justin Gazepis. I'm a lawyer. I'm also been a real estate broker since 2012. I'm starting my own law practice. Here's my idea. What do you think? And you were very gracious with your time and and I, I owe you I don't even know what I – you can have the microphone, sir, because I I really don't know what I – I wouldn't be sitting in this room right now if it weren't for you. We're going to take a quick break, break, radio fam. When we come back, we're going to continue talking with Bill Gallagher, real estate expert throughout all of North Carolina, really a national expert, mm, because you've been you. an educator mm. for how long? How long have you been educated? Almost 40 years. Almost 40 years. I don't know anybody who knows the market, understands the concept of real estate better than Bill Gallagher. He is joining us live in studio, WSICnews.com. Uh, you can watch the video stream, all the social platforms. A couple of the other breaks, we're going to have some exclusive digital content with Mr. Gallagher, but for now, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk more about what are the objections we're seeing today in the marketplace bill is still in the classroom still teaches nobody knows more than him as it relates to this stuff stick around you're listening to wsic today's real talk coming right back today's real talk here we talk about north carolina real estate business and life i have the honor and privilege of being joined by mr bill gallagher of Superior School of Real Estate. Can I still, should I still say Superior School of Real Estate for Absolutely. you? Absolutely. Okay. Superior
1: School of Real Estate. Superior I'm still School there. Estate.
0: That's right. Teaching, uh, what, are you teaching BIC up, gen up this cycle? What are you, what are you going to be teaching?
1: My courses are Continuing Education. Okay. The General Update course for brokers, the broker-in-charge update course for brokers and electives for brokers for CE, continuing education. Now, we offer pre-licensing and post-licensing at Lake Norman. And what's really great is we teach at the Clarion at exit 28. That has always been a really great location over the years because it's Bill Gallagher School of Real Estate, Superior School, Terry Wilson taught there many years at the Clarion. Now, Tracy Frazier, who lives on the Denver side, a real estate agent, top producing team, yeah. Is teaching pre-licensing and post-licensing okay. at the Clarion in Cornelius. So when people say I got a ride to Ballantine yeah. to have a class with Superior, the answer is no. Yeah. The Cornelius area has always supported me as well as Mooresville. Yes. Charles Mack Citizen Center yes. is an established location. Absolutely. So y'all, if you think about Lake Norman, Huntersville, Cornelius, Davidson, Mooresville, Troutman, Lake Norman East, Lake Norman West, y'all have always come out real estate classes and courses and if you look at the number of licensees active in the state, guess where the greatest concentration of active brokers is this area. No. Exactly. Exit 18 all the way up to Statesville. Wow. All the way to, from Concord over to Lincolnton. Y'all know the area. Yeah. And you might say, why do we have so many brokers in this area? Well, you've got a lot of brokers that, quote, don't haul and hope, drive and show, sit and wish, pray and pitch. They just dial for dollars. They give leads and they earn referral fees legally because they have to have an active license, which means they've got to take their eight. Hours of continuing education every year. Also, they've got to pay the renewal fee every year, forty-five dollars. And I call it dialing for dollars. That's pretty because good. Because as a broker, when you decide not to be quote selling and listing actively, just give leads, earn referral fees on the leads you give, and therefore that could be good retirement money, mailbox money. So when you think about this area, I don't hate, I hate to say old guard. But you do have a lot of veteran brokers in this area that are still licensed, and they love to come to class. Yeah. They really don't like Zoom. No. They're Zoomed out. They're yeah. Zoomed out. They want to come to class 30 minutes or an hour before, drink coffee, eat Danish, shake hands, catch up on what's happening in the area. Just you remember those days because you sponsored classes. You helped me teach some of those classes. You know how social it is here in this area.
0: It very much is. It's definitely want to touch and feel and see and not sit behind just a uh, computer screen. And that brings up an interesting point. So we got a call. Uh, William is on the phone. I believe he's still there. William wanting to reminisce on the good old days of Lake Norman before for all this development. William, what's going on?
2: Hey, guys. Uh, Bill brought back some memories. I'm, You know, I'm one of those listeners. I'm old enough to remember it. I moved up here in the late 70s, early 80s, and I remember Highway 150 north of Huntersville when it was just a Hardee's, and that was at a gas station, and that was about it. Look at it now. Um, Huntersville, Cornelius area used to be the country that's where everybody that worked in Charlotte resided back in Huntersville and Kernsville and Cornelius in that area is, and it's just to me now that area has just become Charlotte. Um, that's how much grow the infrastructure Justin and I have spoke about that in previous calls. Um, it's probably never going to catch up with the real estate and the urban growth um, especially with the administration that we've had in offices in the past. Uh, doing some some silly things, um, that toll road for one. But that uh, you got people like Jeff McNeely and Vicky Sawyer that are in the game now, and they're probably going to get things straightened out the way they're talking. So hopefully wow. the infrastructure will catch up a little bit. Um, but it's probably never going to catch up because there's just so many people in this area that have come to this area because of what North Carolina has to offer.
1: Well, thank you for being positive. I think that's really great. Now, let me ask you two questions. First, what was the name of the restaurant at Exit 28 that was really the only breakfast restaurant that was here at Exit 28? Was it a mom and pops? Hmm. What was the name of the restaurant at Exit 28?
2: I, I don't remember it, but if I a remember caller does, the does, Call in, call in. That.
1: The name of that famous restaurant at exit 28, so therefore we all had breakfast, all had lunch. It was really a great gathering place, which I thought was fabulous. But also, William, let me ask you this question. There's a lot of concern about the toll road, about the express lanes, and that businesses would suffer. All we heard in Charlotte is businesses in this area will suffer because of the toll road and the express lanes. In your opinion, has that happened, not happened, or to be determined?
2: Um, I don't think it's happened yet. Um, You know, the thing is with the toll roads, there's certain times where it's more expensive. You know, you got busy rush hour or whatever. It's going to be more expensive. I've heard a lot of people make the comment about that. I'm just not going to use it. Um, my problem with the toll road is is that we farmed it out to a foreign company.
1: Oh, no. And no, we so did not. Didn't.
2: Did we? Oh, yeah. we. Unfortunately, we did. Was you know, it cheaper, cheaper labor,
1: labor, cheaper materials?
2: Uh, you know, it could have been. It could have been cheaper labor. I don't know. Um, you know, that was uh, Pat McGorry was the governor at that particular time when that when they signed the bill for that. Um, but because of that, because they signed the bill and farmed it out to a foreign country, um, here we are paying that bill back. And so the revenue that is collected off of that now, um, the uh, the mayor of Cornelius, I spoke to him earlier, Woody, um, you know we're not getting any of that money. We're not getting any of it. We have to pay that money. It is collected off of the toll roads back to the company in Spain. Mm, um, oh, was it no. cheaper labor?
1: Probably so.
2: Probably so, wow. um, to a certain degree. But there's other ways. Um, there's We're looking at eventually we're probably going to pass the bill for marijuana and there's going to be a lot of revenue collected off oh, of that. Oh, thank that you for being be positive. Okay. Wow. Well, I mean, it could be another avenue to collect money um, to help with, with roads and projects like the Cornelius exit and the roundabouts that they have in that area. Um, you know, just to help. You know, we got to, you know, we can use all the help we can get. But we really we, can. And, William, is-
1: when you're talking to government officials, please tell them to put how to use a roundabout. On the North Carolina driver's licensing exam, this is a big deal because a lot of individuals do not know how a roundabout works. And I was basically at a roundabout in Pineville. Yes, in Pineville, and guess what? The person didn't know where to drive, so they just went on top of the roundabout and just Stop. sat there in the car. Just stopped no. waiting to know where to go. And the school buses down at Audrey Kale there are two roundabouts within a mile of each other. The school buses can't get around the roundabout because they're too long. I mean, this is planning that needs to be looked at. But, William, i got to tell you, the silver lining and all this, your prices at Lake Norman have gone through the roof in the last two years. The average price at Lake Norman and Charlotte have increased 54% over the last two years. Everybody needs to write that percentage down. And when you get depressed about the toll road and the express lanes, 54% 54% increase in two years is fabulous. You've had better appreciation than Raleigh and Cary. Now, when people say Raleigh and Cary is where the money is made in real estate, yes, it is. But when you look at late northern and Charlotte, we have boomed. And, William, I don't know about you, have you gotten your assessed value lately from the tax collector? Yeah. And by the yeah, way, I don't mean to be personal, like it. but it's public record. Did your assessed value increase 10 percent, 20 percent, 30 percent, 50 percent? Do you have your calculated percentage yet?
2: Yeah, I think it's somewhere between the 10 and 20 percent, so 15 to be safe. And, and what county are you located? Well, I'm actually in the country. I'm north of all this that we're talking about. But what I'm about what county? county?
1: What, what, you in Rowan? You pay uh, Rowan, Rowan ta- County. You Row- pay Rowan taxes. Okay, Rowan taxes. I just want to know, because yeah. in Mecklenburg, yeah. a lot of tax assessed value has increased 40 to 50%. Mine
0: went up 100
1: No, Justin, where do you live? I live in Cornelius. Live in Cornelius. 100% increase. Was it a condo,
0: townhouse, or single, yeah, single family? Single family.
1: Why did yours go up that much?
0: The value went up. The market value based on the new revaluation from Mecklenburg County, plus when you factor in then the new rates from the county and the town of Cornelius – Well, the assessed value went up 100 percent,
1: and then so my tax
0: bill basically – it didn't double, but it was pretty close to double.
1: And when will the tax rates really be determined by the county and or the city? So the the
0: county runs on a fiscal year of July 1 through June 30th, so they had to have their budget as of July 1st, but that will be the tax bill, which was actually for 2023. So the bill's already been out, Mm -hmm. and they released it, and it's based on that
1: new valuation – Went up a hundred. My valuation went up a hundred percent. Are you getting calls from your viewers and listeners? How do I appeal my tax value? I've been done in. This value is wrong. Several have called in and reached out. Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, what advice are you giving them about appeal? How to appeal the tax value?
0: Yeah, the process. Uh, you can reach out to an attorney. You certainly can, and you can you can ask an attorney to submit some documentation. Most of the time, it's done via an appraisal. That's most of the time mm-hmm. the way you can counter. What the value is that the county has assessed as part of the value, you've got to submit a very recent appraisal. And so then you, you ask the question of, okay, if it's $900 for an appraisal to be done, give or take, well, that's $900 towards your tax bill. And what if it comes back and it says still that the value is that high? Mm-hmm. That's a troubling thing. We're going to take a break. William, thank you so much for calling. We appreciate you.
2: All right, y'all take care. See bye you, bye. William. Thank right. you, William. All right,
0: so Digital fam, we're going to stick with you through the break. Radio Fan, we are going to take a quick break. If you're on wsicnews.com or if you're on any of the social platforms, you can watch the video stream live right now. We do have Bill Gallagher in studio with us hanging out bill uh bill the buffer is on the sticks right now running the show making sure we sound good and he's doing a great job i've got two bills in the room right now i don't know what i'm trying not to get a mixed up right now two great people two dear friends of mine and so it's, a, it's an exciting time you're listening to today's real talk 844 studio four if you want to be part of the conversation you can call in we're going to get into some of these objections we're hearing in the marketplace i'm going to start asking some tough questions too Bill has run with the mic already 30 minutes into this show, and I am going to start asking some questions. He's trying not to let me, but I'm going to. Radio fam, we're coming right back. All right, Bill, so we're still on video stream for our digitalists. So what's up in Bill Gallagher's world these days? You've you, you you've taught every class under the sun. You've been a part of every amazing thing, been, been involved in so many discussions for decades. What's going on right now at the Raleigh level as it relates to brokers, to the industry, to licensing, where are we at?
1: Well, we've got more licensed brokers in North Carolina than ever before. Are we north of 100,000 now? 118,000 Ooh. licenses. 118,000 licenses. Keep this in mind, which is very interesting, but also the number of complaints has skyrocketed. Yeah. And what was interesting, we got more broker's licensed during COVID than any two years. Why did people get their license during COVID? They were at home alone or by themselves. They always wanted to take the real estate class. Why not take it? At home. With no test required, right? Wasn't that a time it's period for a while. of no test? It was a school test, but sometimes not a school test, depending upon the school. And what about the state exam for post-licensing was waived? So, you know, come one, come all. So therefore, that was amazing to have that many new licensees, but also always take a look at the number of complaints mm. versus new licensees. And the question goes back to our competence, competence of the broker. And also, Justin, another issue we have is this, is we've always said, I'm an agent. I'm a real Mm -hmm. estate agent. Right. Lawyer Janet Thorne at the Real Estate Commission, March 21 at the Instructor Conference, which you were there, said, Stop saying agent. That's right. You're not an agent. You are a broker. You are a broker. You have a broker's license from the real estate. You don't have an agent license. No, you got to remember that. Oh, yeah. You are a broker. And I think she is absolutely correct. I think broker adds a level of professionalism that we're a real estate broker rather than agent. Agent really means, remember from your law school, agent with a capital A is the firm. That's right. Agent is the firm. Agency. Always. And by the way, belongs go. to the firm. That's right. And then sub-agent, sub-agent is under the firm, mm-hmm. which are the brokers under the firm. That's right. So I'll tell you, we need to kind of clean this up. And by the way, talking about worth and value, the commission in the update course this year says a broker cannot use the word worth, value of a property we've got to say probable list price is or probable sales price is we can quote a range. you got to use the word probable list price is probable sales price is because we're brokers only a licensed appraiser in the state of North Carolina can use the word worth or value, and how many y'all have ever had a seller call, come out here and tell me what my home is worth. Oh, yeah. Tell me the value of my home. We've got to say, well, we'll estimate the probable list price or probable sales price. It goes back to technicality, and Justin, we should have changed this years ago, but we didn't, and the appraisal board has kind of said, hey, y'all, watch what you say. What about online
0: marketing, right? Brokers who have, let's say, Canopy Association on their website for searching local data, and it says, what's my property worth?
1: Mm -mm. They've got to say, what's my probable sales price? Wow. Probable sales price. Wow. Probable list price. And by the way, this is a hot topic because when I teach it to the brokers in charge, teach it to the general update brokers, they're like, what? We've done it this way for years. Why do we have to change? And the reason why is it's because of law, because only an appraiser can use the word market value or worth. So, Justin, watch what we say. That's what I'm saying from real estate as well as from brokers and consumers. Watch what we say, like master bedroom. A lot of MLSs have changed master bedroom to primary bedroom, Mm -hmm. main bedroom, or bedroom on first floor. And that's up to the broker in charge to basically tell their brokers how are they supposed to use different words in advertising and marketing. That's the one I keep hearing is master bedroom. A lot of people say because of different cultural reasons, sure. as well as maybe fair housing, we need to use another term. So keep that in mind. And at Lake Norman, like y'all have always said, seasonal water view lot. That's right. Seasonal water view lot. What does that mean at Lake Norman, Justin?
0: That means that if you cut the tree in the Fall, then a partial day or two in the winter time, you will get a nice uh, water view.
1: And then on the lake and okay. on the Denver side, it's with no leaves on the trees. That's right, you can't no have leaves, leaves on no, the no, trees. No, 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 no. And one more, real quick, seasonal waterfront lot. Oh, seasonal waterfront. Sometimes you got water, and sometimes you don't.
0: Let's join back with the radio fam right now. Thanks, digital fam. <laughs> Today's real talk. Here we talk about North Carolina real estate. Business and life. Justin Kazeppis, joined in studio today by the Bill Gallagher, the legend himself, joining me in studio. Thank you so much for driving up from Charlotte. I appreciate My it. Pleasure, you, Justin, you're a road. We'll, we'll, drive. we'll no, drive and ride
1: say. for <laughs> Justin to because you've had that mobile closing van for years.
0: I did have the mobile closing van for years. So so let's talk about that and kind of how the market has shifted, okay? The is there any value still to being a Realtor in this marketplace?
1: In terms of being a Realtor in this marketplace, in terms of being a seller's agent or a buyer's agent, it's critical. It is critical right now because as we know, for the last two, two and a half years, inventory has been very low. Resale inventory low, demand very high, and some buyers basically were in a bidding war with competing and multiple offers, they lost out on two or three houses. They're mad. They're furious. I want to buy a house. What do I have to do to buy a house? Who are they asking? The broker. What do I have to do to buy a house in Cornelius or Davidson? Well, basically, bottom line, make an offer. Well, we've already lost three What do we have to do to get it? And guess what? They were bidding $50,000 to $100,000 above the list price. Above the list price. And the broker was saying, the comps don't support it. We don't have the comparables to support this price. And basically, they said it might not appraise. Might not appraise. And guess what? The buyer says, don't worry about it. I'll pay cash, I'll pay the gap. How many of y'all have heard? Pay the gap. I'll pay the difference. So if it doesn't appraise, don't you worry. I'll pay the difference. I'll pay the gap and we will close. You mean to tell me people are paying a hundred grand above list price that did not appraise? Answer is what? Oh, yeah. Yes. Have you heard this?
0: Oh, yes. And prior to me exiting the law firm at the end of 2021, the other thing that was big were escalation clauses, Mm -hmm. which I know the commission is not a fan of because that's where you'd have a buyer submitting basically a blank check to a seller saying, Hey, seller, we will go X number of dollars above any other offer you receive. And here was the sticking point always for me. A buyer cannot see what another buyer has submitted mm-hmm. without that buyer's giving permission for the for the new buyer to see that. That was always the crazy part to me. You mean literally you're just going to trust this seller? How could you ever verify that? The only thing is just relying on the ethics uh, of the individual broker, the realtor in most cases. What about firms? Because when I when I came up, when I came of age in real estate, my dad was with Alan Tate. And it was always about the firm you're with, right? Keller Williams, Remax, Coldwell Banker, Century 21. It was always about the firm. Do you think that the national level firm still holds the same value as it
1: once did? Well, if you look at the marketplace. I think there's a place for all firms, the national, the locally owned, the one-person firms. And the reason why I say that is that it's all about personality of the broker, personality of the broker. Now, firms are wonderful. They give the brokers tools to help sell the house, marketing tools, great training. I agree completely. However, I have always sensed that an individual, a seller, will list with a broker they feel comfortable with. And being comfortable with is their personality. Their knowledge, their competence, their people skills, but also the firm they're with, I think, is important, too. Because I remember on Kramer Drive, y'all know Kramer, C-R-A-M-U-R, built by Craig Murray. um, Basically, Mrs. Doris Watkins and her husband Lloyd, basically, I knew through the family. And Doris Watkins worked at Myers Park Presbyterian Church. And when she decided to sell her home on Kramer Drive, on the cul-de-sac with 120 feet on the water, Ooh. with dock and Pierce, she called me to list it. Bill Gallagher, I want you to list my home on Kramer Drive at Lake Norman. And I said, Miss Watkins, I'd be happy to. So I came and listed the property, and it was amazing. Back in 1985, it was 189900 Was that when you were Prudential? Was that when you were, or who were you with at that, that point? That was Merrill Lynch, Prudential. Mar- okay. So therefore, we listed for 189900 and wow. by the way, 1899. Wow. 1899. I should have bought it myself. <laughs> okay, hello. I didn't I wasn't thinking. And guess what? The person who bought it bought the full price. Yeah. Closed in thirty days. Cash. And guess what they said? They're gonna tear the house down. They're gonna tear the house down and move a house from down on basically Batty's Ford Road, move a house and put on that lot on Kramer Drive. Just pick it up and move it. Pick it up and move it. Now, y'all are movers and shakers in this area. (laughs) Who would have ever thought to, what, move a house on that lot? But the lot was beautiful. It was gorgeous. So that's what I mean. For Doris and Lloyd Watkins to list with Bill Gallagher from Charlotte, when he's not a Lake agent, I think it was my relationship with Doris and Lloyd personality, friendship over the years, and that's Lake Norman. Relationship. Relationships. Y'all yeah. got so many relationships with individuals that you went to church with, you basically, basically are in the same neighborhood with, you've known your kids, went to school with their kids, and you keep saying Hopewell. Yeah. You know, Bill and you went to Hopewell. That's right. I keep hearing that in this area all the time. Hopewell, Hopewell. Puff didn't even
0: exist yet back then. Huff when, right? did, yeah. not it did not even exist. No.
1: And Hopewell's image has been definitely, what, thumbs up. So, you know what I'm saying about this area? Yeah. It's the relationship. I need your daddy. I knew your mama. Yeah. Oh, that's the key to this area.
0: Trust is so big. And that's one of the things that I'm seeing when I look at the commission reports each month, the bulletin that they put out and the complaints and you know the disciplinary actions, a lot has to do with material fact right now, it seems like. Mm-hmm. What's it been like? What have you been hearing over the past few years as it relates to material fact and the disclosure of things um, in transactions?
1: Well, the biggest problem, which I know you have had to deal with, with cases, and I've heard from brokers, is what is the type of water and sewer connection to the property? Mm. Y'all need ingrain that in your brain. What is the type of water and sewer connection to the property? If the house is in the city of Cornelius, is it always city water and city sewer? And answer is what? Not always. Not always. Could it be well and septic in mm, Cornelius? Yes. Could it be city water and a septic tank? Yes. And then a private well in the backyard? Yes. Uh, what about community water? Yeah. Community sewer? Justin, some brokers are really detailed, but we have got to provide some extra efforts of disclosure to research, research, research the water sewer connections yeah. because that's a big deal. And when you tell a buyer, they're on city water and city sewer, and they're on city water, but not city sewer. They're on septic. Can you see the complaint going to Raleigh, the complaint going to Boca Trot? Hook me up. Hook <laughs> me up to city sewer. If you can. If you can, if you number can. one. Yeah. And the tap-on fee in some counties is $5,000 to 8000 $8,000. Tap on fee. Oof. fee just to tap on. And if I find a plumber that's not intoxicated, it's another 2000 I mean, that's another fee <laughs> you're looking at. So that's a huge mistake the brokers have to deal with. Have yeah. you heard – did you hear that as a lawyer? I've
0: heard that a lot because, again, it's the septic permit in North Carolina that determines the number of bedrooms that you can market a property as. And I've seen multiple complaints where, oh, they marketed my property or the property as a five-bedroom. Come to find out now the property is – listed with a septic permit for a three bedroom. That nearly chops sometimes the value in half, depending on the market. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a problem. And so what are what's being discussed in the classroom then at this point? Uh, As it relates to material fact, did did the commission go heavy on material fact in this year's update or what's that been like?
1: For the last two years, last year, especially last year, very heavy on material facts, the whole section. And they gave a really good information on the different facts that need to be disclosed. And it was like kind of a uh, basically how to disclose course. Oh, it was excellent. I wish that manual could be used for pre-licensing and or post because it's how to disclose water sewer how to disclose this, how to disclose uh, acreage and oh property lines. How far does the lot go in the back? If this, whose fence is this? My fence or the neighbor? Justin, as a lawyer, you know how you encourage buyers to get a survey Every time. before they close? And some buyers said, I'm not paying the money. I'm using an old survey from six years ago. Mm-hmm. And as a lawyer, what did you tell them about Sign old the disclosure? Surveys?
0: Sign the disclosure is what I would say, that you were advised to get a survey and you're choosing not to, because anything that could be identified via a survey is not covered on your title insurance. Say that
1: one more time and louder.
0: Anytime a buyer buys a property, if they choose not to get a survey, anything that would be identified via the survey is not covered under title insurance, fence encroachments the neighbor, maybe impervious area because mm-hmm. people have these plans for these nice, beautiful pools out here, right? A lot of people want to put in these nice pools or have a shed in the backyard, a she shed, something like that. That Or, or a, a man cave. A man you cave. They don't have man caves they do uh, Accessory dwelling units are a mm. big conversation right now. Radio fan, we're going to take another break real quick. Uh, digital fan, we're going to stick with you again. I'm going to ask a couple more questions real, real quick of Bill uh, before we come back to the radio family. WSICnews.com All the social platforms... <laughs> You can be watching the video stream right now and be part of the conversation. 844 Studio 4. Maybe you've got a question for Bill. Maybe you got a situation going on you need some help with. He's here. Let's go ahead and take advantage of it. You're listening to today's real talk. 844-Studio 4. Radio Fam. We're coming right back. And Bill loves when I stick with the digital fam there too uh, in this. So, so thanks, Bill. Making you work doubly over there. So, uh, Okay, so we're still with the video fam right now uh, on, on social media and wsicnews.com. So, Bill, what's like the sentiment right now with brokers? Is it all-out warfare you're seeing? Is it still like two opposing sides? Everyone's blaming everybody. What's what's the sentiment like in the marketplace with agents and brokers? And ty-
1: what type of issue or type of – um. Concern. Well, I guess I,
0: I guess it just like like through COVID, right? Because the market's so tight, uh-huh. you know, because because everyone wants that listing or everybody wants that buyer mm-hmm. wants to get the deal done. And you know, hey, we can't. Let's not even waste time going to look at it. Let's just submit an offer. What are we seeing? Is it is it just this kind of um, attack mode almost? Is that still happening on the day to day, or is there light at the end of the tunnel? People realizing, hey, how about we all kind of slow down a little bit because we're supposed to work together. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
1: Well, the issue that I am hearing from some brokers is professional courtesies. Mm. Professional courtesy. Okay. Not ethics. Right. Not professional standards, but professional courtesy oh. of how do you communicate with a fellow broker? Right. How do you follow up? How do you give feedback? And when I say professional courtesy, it's like showing a house. Yeah. What well, used to be, we had to call the listing firm to make an appointment to show the house. Right. We had sometimes to pick up keys at Lake Norman and bring the key back. That's right. Now we have showing time, which is a computerized service to show homes. Well, the issue has come down to this. They've got an appointment to show the house between 9 and 9.15 a.m., what nine fifteen a.m. They need to be out because I got another appointment nine fifteen to nine thirty. Let's say fifteen minute window. It that's could it? be. It oh could my be gosh. fifty or it could be thirty minutes. Whatever the listing firm decides. Yeah. Whatever the listing firm decides. Now, if it's a big house like some of your mansions here at Lake Norman, sure. it's going. They need at least thirty minutes sure. to see a huge house. with listing broker you know, accompanying the showing too. At the same sometimes time, sometimes right? too, if they're available. And the question goes back: Is the courtesy? What we're hearing is, let's say the showing was at 9 o'clock. Yeah. The next showing is 930. Well, the 9 o'clock showing goes over to 945. Hanging out in the kitchen. Hanging out in the kitchen and talking, and therefore the other broker has an appointment to show at 930. They're just walking on in Mm. and showing the property. Without saying to the other broker, hi, this is Bill Gallagher. I had an appointment at 930. Just want to let you know, will you be leaving soon? Because my buyer wants to see the property. We have until 10 o'clock. Yeah. All right. Basically, bottom line, the other broker etiquette should say, oh, we need to leave. We need to go outside. We right. need to leave because our appointment was nine 930. That is sometimes not happening. And what's so bad is the public both buyers are hearing a conversation between two brokers that is sometimes not professional, that's sometimes not real nice, that you've got to, what, be able to deal with. And this is the image, the image that buyers and sellers have of the broker. They're actually seeing this friction, this kind of fussing and feuding, barking and biting over what the time is showing. Now, time of showing is professionalism.
0: That's right. All right. We're going to rejoin with the radio fam here, digital fam. Hang on for me. Today's Real Talk, where we talk about all things North Carolina real estate, business, and life. 844-STUDIO-4, if you want to be part of the conversation. Bill, we talked about the value of a realtor. We talked about the value of the firm. Let's talk about the the value of Teams. Mm -hmm. Teams was a concept that probably 20 years ago was more of a rarity. It was definitely new in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. But now it seems like the
1: common scenario... What's your take on teams in the market currently? Well, in terms of team concept, I've got to say one of the first teams was in my office in basically 1986 when Scott Tyler, who owned the TV channel. I don't know if you remember the TV channel where they showed real estate 30-second ads on video, listings on video. Everybody loved the TV channel for real estate. They showed on Saturday morning during the cartoons and also at night and on the weekends. And Scott basically said, well, I'm going to go into real estate. So he formed a team. He created so many leads from the TV ads, he had a team of buyers, agents, that could, what, sell those leads. Oh, yeah. He had too much business. Scott Tyler had too much business because he generated all the ads, but leads off the TV ads. Therefore, he gave them to the team members to handle it. So, number one, a team can be great. If you have the marketing in place to generate a lot of leads, how are you going to get those listings sold? You need to have the, what, quote, realtor power, Mm -hmm. or you got to have, what, the ability to get the home shown and sold and returning phone calls, That is the other key item. We've had some buyers say they called this agent or called this broker and didn't get a phone call. They wanted to see a property, didn't get a phone call. Sellers are saying they've called their listing agent and can't get a call back. From the agent, well at least with the team, sometimes they have specialized jobs, basically one could be a listing coordinator to coordinate all the showings and feedback for the seller. Are y'all with it? Feedback is key, and that's what sellers want their hand held. So the listing agent does a lot of volume. They're a multi-million dollar producer, which is great. They can produce listings, but basically how are we going to get them sold also? I think it's also called delegation. Uh-huh. You've got to do what you do best. Yeah. So there could be a listing broker who loves to list. Mm-hmm. List to last. List to last. That broker might not be the best at hauling and hoping, driving and showing sure. around Lake Norman. East side and west side, sure. stateful Buyer agent, showing agent could be different. And we're even moving into negotiation agent. Are y'all with me? we got a listing agent to list, a showing agent to show. And then another broker to basically bottom line, wow. negotiate the offer to purchase, and then a, a closing coordinator to carry it from contract to closing, which I'm sure you've dealt with a wow. lot of closing coordinators on a team yeah. or within a small team as a lawyer. How did you like working with a closing coordinator, not necessarily the listing agent or the buyer's agent? Uh,
0: it was nice because it, it, it matched the model of the attorney's office of paralegals, Oh, because I, I can't take credit as if I did everything by any stretch. It was a great team in place, which which is something else you taught me, my dad taught me. It's all about the team you're on. And so now the concept of teams and real estate from the brokerage side has just continued to evolve. Let's change gears. We've been talking a lot about residential. Commercial is a whole nother world. What are your commercial brokers saying about the marketplace right now from what you're seeing? Any data points in particular? Is the market just about to fall out from underneath us like the national news wants us to believe and real estate's going to zero? Is that the right mentality for us
1: to have? Well... Basically, bottom line: what is happening in terms of office space? Now, this is area by area. What we've got to think about is vacancy. Vacancy right now for office space in Lake Norman and Charlotte is about fourteen point three percent. Fourteen point three percent. Now, the rent average is about thirty-three point seven four per square foot. Thirty-three dollars and seventy-four cents per square foot, Lake Norman and Charlotte. And the annual growth rent is three point four percent which basically, bottom line, 3.4% growth rate is good for the right. rent increase. However, the issue is the work-from-home folk. Ah. The people who are working remotely from home is a major issue. Yeah, Are these employers going to want the remote people to come into the office space and work, or basically not, stay at home, mm. or work three days, work at home two days, do a split shift? Also, the other question going back is some small businesses basically cannot afford the office space during COVID, so they're having to let it go. And therefore, if the firm cannot afford the rent on an empty office space that's not being, what, used, they need to, what, cut it. That's right. Cut it, and they need to cut it as soon as possible to make sure they're still financially sound. That's what a big question I didn't realize a lot of small businesses that have office space as well as office um, rent is very, very serious. What are you seeing at Lake Norman? Are you seeing a lot of the employers saying stay at home, remote, work at home alone, or are they gradually coming back? What does the employer say? What does employees employee say? What are you hearing?
0: It's interesting. We're, we're seeing a little bit of both. I think there's people that just want to go to work. I think there's people that mm-hmm. want to get out of the house. There's so many people that have moved here from other parts of the country, up north in particular, right, because of the taxes they were paying that were so high. And then they were able to sell at their high sale prices, relatively speaking to our market, and then, like you had mentioned and we talked about earlier, paying cash in this marketplace. And these people are working tech jobs, they're working in healthcare, they're working in banking, and the big banks are, for the most part, allowing at least some form of hybrid working. And, and, and it's an interesting conversation actually happening, particularly in the town of Cornelius and the other Lake Norman towns. What percentage of the staff that works for the municipality – can afford to live in the municipality. Very interesting conversation right now. Very interesting. Yes. We did get a call from Ronnie. uh, The question earlier you had, Bill, looks like the name of the place was Ham and Eggs. Ham and Eggs. And then Bacon and Eggs. And then now subsequently it's the McDonald's.
1: All right. (laughs) Ronnie, say that one more time,
0: Jesse, because your
1: viewers and listeners need to remember this. It was. Ronnie from Mooresville called said the
0: spot on 28 was Ham and Eggs, and then it was Bacon and Eggs, Mm -hmm. now known as McDonald's.
1: That's it. Yeah. Ronnie, you are terrific. You are superior. That's Thank it. you for being a good historian. We really appreciate that.
0: As, as we continue uh, into the future, Bill, what do you – because if any – I think we, we learn from the past to set forward a positive step for the future. What do you think the future holds for
1: real estate in Lake Norman, Charlotte, North Carolina? Well, is America becoming a rental community? is Charlotte and Lake Norman becoming a rental community. 34% of U.S. households are renters. Write that wow. statistic down. 34% of U.S. households are renters. The median rent, the median, not average, but the median rent in 2022 was $2,000. Wow. $2,000 now approaching about 2200 mm. a month rent. Mm. What I'm worried about is how much rent tenants are paying. Mm. The statistic is 57 percent, 57 percent of the tenants gross monthly income is going to rent. 57%? 50, 57 percent? Wow. 57 percent is going to rent on the average. Well, where is their money to buy food, right. gas, insurance? Right. I'm I'm worried. Yeah. That is a lot of money. And then for student loan payments to be paid too. 57% going for rent is huge. Yeah. And those of you know, at Lake Norman, y'all have had a lot of new apartment communities being built, a lot of new communities, which a lot of times they might give inducements or basically infringements the sure. rent here, and definitely they're what renting fast. If you go up and down 77, which you do all the time, you see all the new apartments. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable, as well as another trend has been this. Builders are buying land mm-hmm. to build a subdivision. And guess what? They're having builders to build houses, not to sell them, but to rent them. Rental communities. Write that down. Rental communities that are single family homes. Have you heard of this concept?
0: I have. I've seen it. And now it's not uncommon when going through the entitlement process with your municipality, whether at the planning board level or architecture review committee level, particularly getting asked do you plan to sell? Or rent these units? It's a mm-hmm. very common question now. Most of the municipalities are pushing. To try to even the number out and go for purchase and for sale for the units rather than rentals.
1: So they're saying that to the uh, developer, builder, developer up yeah. front. Yes,
0: before going through the approval process. And yeah.
1: how do they keep their? How do they maintain their word? How can they enforce that? Just that's what people are going to ask me. And
0: that's a great question, and 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 I don't think there really is a way to do that. I, I think for some, it's the question of okay, if it's a local developer who wants to continuing develop in the area there tends to be a little bit more stock and trust in that local developer because they're likely to come back with another project. Mm. But when you've got these national players coming through who you can see on their website or through whatever they submit of previous projects to show examples of that they're all rental communities, it'd be hard to believe that they're switching to a a purchase model
1: rather than rental. But I I guess you'd have to take that on a case-by-case basis. And looking at this statistic, the uh, average... Rent in this area, like Norman, Charlotte, is sixteen hundred and thirty-seven dollars a month. Wow. Sixteen thirty-seven. Uh, the median across the country is twenty-two thousand twenty-two hundred, and also the annual growth uh, has really been about one to two percent increase. So it's supply and demand. Now you've heard of South End mm-hmm. in I Charlotte, have. South End, and now they have a lower South End called LoSo. LoSo. LoSo is a new term, and you've heard of Noda. Yes. North Davidson. Yes. Noda. 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 Okay, that's booming, yeah. and a lot of people. Have percent. you been to
0: Benny's Pizza in Noda? I have not, but I heard. You've Got to go you? to
1: Benny's. Yes, they have a 48-inch pie. Oh no! 48-inch pie. You, oh, go no. wow. you got to go try it. Yeah, it's good. Unbelievable. So yeah. I will say. This is probably my number one concern, 34% of U.S. households are renters, and it looks like we're having more apartments being built, or developers building basically, bottom line, build to rent, which a lot of people are saying, are we becoming a rental community? And the question is, what about affordability? Mm -hmm. And this is where a lot of people are saying, especially in Charlotte, um, we are 10,000 housing units short in Charlotte, 10,000 housing units short today, yeah. Today. And how are we gonna solve the problem? Well, our city council in Charlotte passed UDO, yeah, the unified development ordinance, which allows an accessory dwelling unit, ADU, yep. to be built in their backyard, which is like a tiny house. Or a granny flat. Have you heard of Tiny House in the Backyard? I have. It's pretty popular right now. Uh, Why is it popular? It's a dollar
0: per square foot conversation, right? And we're going to reserve that for next time because I'm going to have you back if that's okay if you'll come back. Absolutely. Been joined by Bill Gallagher. You've been listening to Today's Real Talk, the show that talks about all things North Carolina real estate, business, and life.